This week on Geek Explained, with Dark Crisis nearing its end and the next era of DC Comics almost upon us, it's time to pitch some comics. Join me and Blackbuster podcast host Malcolm Russell Nelson for another edition of Pitch It as we pitch the dawn of DC. <laughs> Welcome back to Geek Explained. I'm your host, Eric Kazana, and today's episode is the latest edition of our Pitch It series, where we take something that we love and we pitch our version of it. This week, we are going to be pitching the dawn of DC, DC's newest era, initiative, whatever you want to call it. We had the New 52, then we had DCU, then Rebirth, and Infinite Frontier, and now we are at the dawn of a new era, with the conclusion of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths coming up real quick. They have announced some new books that will be kicking off 2023 and the new status quo for the DC Universe. So, my good brother, Malcolm Russell Nelson, host of the Blackbuster Podcast, as well as co-host of the Geek Explained Book Club is joining me this week to pitch five comics. We're each pitching five comics and a crossover event. So you're getting 10 comics plus two crossover events of what we would like to see in this new era of DC Comics. We also have, of course, this week's Comics Countdown, where I'll chat you up about all the comics you should be picking up this week. So make sure you stay tuned after the jump for that But for now, let's roll right on into the main event, the main course, the entree, if you will, as Malcolm Russell Nelson and I pitch the dawn of DC. Following the events of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, the dawn of DC is going to take place next year. And because this sounds strangely familiar and strangely similar to a premise from a couple years ago, Mm. we are taking the limitless potential the infinite frontier if you will of possibilities following the events of dark crisis into this dawn of dc era and we are going to pitch some comics that we might 
probably won't, but might see in 2023 and beyond. This is our latest segment of our Pitch It series, where we are taking something we like and just pitching our version of it. And of course, you knew if we're talking about pitching comic book stories, I had to bring in my guy, my co-captain, my brother, it's Malcolm Russell Nelson. Malcolm, welcome back, man. Hi. Welcome back to the Wednesday podcast. Thank you for having me on the way. I know. I, I told my partner the other day, I was like, yo, I'm being graduated back to the Wednesday side. <laughs> <laughs> it's like welcome it's back to the main roster. It's uh, very much, if I may put it in Power Ranger terms, much like how Power Rangers SPD is the B squad. Uh, you follow the B squad, but the A squad is there every now and then. I feel like uh, the Friday book club is the B squad. Uh, but I'm on I don't know if that's right true. I don't know if that's true. I, I think it's it's pretty neck and neck at this point. <laughs> we're uh we're especially with some of the batshit insane things we do on that Friday podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for those of you who don't know, Malcolm is one of my two co-hosts on the Geek Explain Book Club, where every Friday we dive into a volume of a series that we are reading. Right now we are reading Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. And as you are listening to this, this Friday, the Ultimate Universe is coming to an end. It's this cataclysm, it. baby. It's cataclysm. Oh, boy. Galactus is here and he's going to eat the ultimate universe. Oh, so, brother. I I cannot wait to talk about this on Friday. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, that is for Friday. He alongside uh, good brother and uh, amazing friend Jacob Brown. Uh, we go through comics every single Friday. So if you're unaware, if you haven't... Uh, dived into the geek explained book club we drop it every single friday spidey fridays are a real thing so make sure you be there or be square not a circle yeah boy but that's on friday today we are looking ahead into the future slate of dc comics we got the uh the announcement that following the events of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths for Infinite, for Infinite Everywhere, Infinite Frontiers, mm-hmm. uh, we are getting a new uh, a new era. We had the New 52. We had DCU. Remember DCU, folks? DCU. Uh, we had uh, Rebirth. Then we had Infinite Frontier. And now we are looking at the dawn of DC. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that means. I mean, I think that means that Hawk and Dove are about to become very important in this. Uh, that would be nice. In this year, DC Comics, right? For once. That would be nice. Yeah. But uh, they've announced a slate of comics. And so we are going to put our uh, our Kevin Feige hats on and start to build out some other books in this uh, in this universe. Now, we do have a couple of uh, ground rules, a couple of ground rules before we start diving into these. Uh, first off, Malcolm is going to be pitching five books. I'm going to be pitching five books, and then we're each going to be picked pitching a separate crossover event that mm-hmm. crosses over several books. It doesn't have to include all five books, but it needs to include at least two. So um, 
our, our pitches are going to include both a synopsis and the creative teams for each book. We are swinging for the fences. We're swinging. Uh, last time we did this, we did this uh, two years ago. Uh, episode 122 was a giant-sized episode where we pitched what might happen in the infinite frontier uh, following the events of Death Metal. And we killed it. I'm just going to say. I, listen, we, we crushed were, it. I, I was listening to that yesterday with a big old dumb smile on my face because, man, did we kill it. I don't think I've ever been as good as I was for that. I was unaware of how oh my God. spot on we were going to be. Oh, my God. Uh, I, uh, Malcolm pitched the Batgirls comic. Yep. Like almost verbatim. Like, almost verbatim. Theory. The Batgirls comic. <laughs> and can I just explain to you my surprise when I picked up the Infinite Frontier era Green Lantern book and realized I pitched you this pitched shit. that book. I pitched that entire book. Yep. Yep. Um, Soup to nuts. Give or take a John Stewart. Yeah. Like it is. It's crazy. It's kind of unreal. Um, I don't think we're going to be as accurate this time around. No. But who knows? Because we didn't think we were going to be that accurate last time either. And so we, we murdered it. We murdered it. Um, we did have one definite ground rule, however, uh, that the characters who were already announced in the slate were not available to be pitched for. Uh-huh. So no Superman, no Batman, no Doom Patrol, no Green Arrow, no Shazam. No Green Lantern, Hal, or John. No Steel. No Penguin, because I know we both had a really solid Penguin. Uh, I man. Oh, boy. Darn. Just darn it. What a bummer. Uh, no Cyborg. And lastly, no Superboy. So all of those characters, all the characters I specifically named, are off the table. From there, we've got carte blanche to pitch whatever we want to pitch. Kate Blanchett with the budget. Kate Blanchett with the budget. And so we have each pitched five books and a crossover event. Last time we did this, each of us went through our slate completely and then turned it over to the other. Do you want to keep that format or do we want a hopscotch? I think we should do. (sighs) That's hard. Should we just do that format? Maybe we should just do that format again. Okay. Okay. Well, since you are the the guest on the Wednesday podcast, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. okay. Uh, so we're talking five books, writer, artist, <sighs> and synopsis, and a crossover event. I'm super stoked to listen to what you've got to say here. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm nervous because one of these ideas <laughs> is maybe the greatest idea of all time. <laughs> and then the rest of them are pretty good. Well, one of them is maybe the greatest of all time. I'm actually going to start off with that one. So before we get into this, I do have to make a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not associated with DC. Comics. Oh, yeah. No, we are not being paid by DC Comics. No. Um, none of these pitches will probably make it to print. No. Though after last time, after last who time, knows? knows? Yeah. But um, no. But just for legality's sake and to make sure everything is on the up and up. Yep. Uh, these are from our brains. Uh-huh. They're original ideas uh-huh. and uh, they will remain that way as fantasy pitches. Yes. So we're just uh, trying to help out DC. We're just trying, we're just to, give trying them, to help. Give we're them just extra to put edge. Out ideas into the universe. Exactly. Who you knows know? where they may go? Exactly. We're just trying to help. Just trying to help. Okay. So we're going to start this off with the biggest one. Uh, so I have 
again, five titles, one crossover event. Uh, two of the titles are not involved in leading up to that crossover. Uh, so I'm going to start off with those two. And the first one is it's the big one. I hope you are, are you sitting? I'm sitting down. Okay, here we go. Crisis Royale. Stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> we just finished a crisis, Malcolm. That's the point. So it's called Crisis Royale. It's written by Grant Morrison, Mark. Oh, fuck. Mark Wade and Tom Taylor. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's drawn by Jan Bezolda. Uh, oh, I love I've been a yes. big old Jan Bezolda fan for a while. Um, and uh, I, I want uh, uh, you'll you'll see a common thing in this list. Uh, unlike last time, uh, a thing that I in- inadvertently took from you from last time, actually, I took a lot of Marvel <laughs> talent. <laughs> and brought him over. <laughs> that's that's totally fair. Because uh, I think Marvel especially has better artists right now than DC is using. They've um, got some great artists. And Yambazold has been a, a mainstay at Marvel for a while and it's been crushing it. So crushing it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's Christ Royale. Uh here's the pitch. The multiverse is real. The multiverse is back. The multiverse is growing. But all the best fighters across the multiverse are disappearing. Where are they going? One place. The biggest fight club in history. A high stakes duel to crown the greatest in the multiverse. Only a few from each universe is going to the Royale. And it's winner takes all. Join Bronze Tiger. The new Karate Kid. The new Karate Kid. Dinah Lance. And more. Ted Grants. Yes, well, bitch. Plural. Uh, as they just try to discover who is behind the Crisis Royale. What does this have to do with Dreamer's newest friends? And who is the new pariah? Grab a the- seat and some drinks, because this is either going to be the best night of their lives or their last. Oh, I like that a lot. Crisis Royale. Multiverse Fight Club. Multiverse Fight Club. That's your fun book. (laughs) That's your fun book. Because listen, if you're going to keep doing all this crisis stuff with all the, you know, the multiverse is there, the multiverse is gone, the multiverse is big, but it's smaller. The multiverse is back, but it's bigger. You know, let's put it to use. Let's just have a gigantic book where like a bunch of creators can come in, make a bunch of alternate universe versions of people. And just have yeah. it be an awesome fight club. That sounds sick. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. And who better to do that than two of the greatest DC creators of all time, Grant Morrison and Mark Wade, and the best talent that they've got right now, Tom Taylor. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I am fascinated by the idea of them bringing back Grant Morrison for this. Yeah. That's the thing. I think if you're doing multiverse stuff at DC, Graham Morrison needs to be involved. I think they need to be heavily involved. You're not wrong. Because they're the only one who has a really good... Would they come back? I think they would. After what they did to their authority? I think think they would. I think think so. All right. I'm I'm into it. I'm into that idea. It's a big thumbs up for me. I mean, the idea of Ted Grants, plural. Yeah. Give me all of the Ted Grants. Yeah, that's the thing. 
it, there, there's 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 an issue in my head. There's an issue of that that is just Ted Grant night, which is all the Ted Grants of all oh. the different universes in different scraps in like kind of like a free for all uh, brawl. You do have to bring in the Ted Grant from Arrow with the uh, yeah with the gimp mask. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the leather jacket. Yeah, of course. I love Ted Grant from Arrow. He was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That was freaking amazing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, big thumbs up for me. I'm, I'm down. I'm down for that book for sure. So that's a fun one. I I thought about making that the big crossover one. So that should give you an idea that if that's not oh, that's not the crossover, there's something else okay. going on. Uh, but that does have tie in with my next book, Dreamer, an Endless Quest. Ooh. Uh, written by Nicole Maines, of course. Of course. And drawn by Elena Casagrande. Oh, I love her. Recently did the most recent Black Widow book, which was one of the best books that Marvel has put out in years. Gorgeous. Uh, Gorgeous art. Uh, Another talent that should be uh, better served than she is. So let's put her over at DC right now and let's make her a name. Um, Here's the pitch. Uh, Nia Null, the dreamer, is finally set up in her new home of Fawcett City. And is looking to make a name for herself. So why does she keep having the same dream every night? A dream of a man with no eyes and a strange goth girl. A dream that is pulling her closer into conflict with the darkest side of the DC universe. This is the beginning of the next phase of DC stories. So don't skip this book. Uh, let's have Dreamer go find the Endless and go incorporate yes. all that Sandman Holy stuff. Shit. Because remember in Dark Knight's Metal when they like randomly had that? For like a second, she just teased it for no and reason. And there was just no reason for it. Yeah, let's actually do something with that. I dig that a lot, man. It, it does feel like that would be the eventual endpoint for Dreamer to like eventually yeah. get folded into that Sandman universe. Yeah, make her the new you Sandman. Imagine, <laughs> you imagine fucking Dreamer in the Sandman yeah, universe? Yeah, like that would be cool. That would be like, really cool. Uh, so yeah, make her, make her the new Sandman. That'd be sick. And then have her crossover with the dead boy detective. There you go. Oh, there you go. So good. So that's double thumbs up for me on that, especially Elena Casagrande and art. I love her. That's so the thing. I, she's so, she's that black, you're right. So that good. black widow book was gorgeous. The book was unbelievably good. That God, I, I it, it, thinking of the black widow book. I had Kelly Thompson on most of these books. And then I was like, I can't have Kelly Thompson I get on it. all these books. That's <laughs> silly. Uh, and thought of people that I think would fit a little better, but it's, I just love Fair. Kelly Thompson. I think she yeah. is. She is. She is so good. Last time we did this, uh, I talked about Matthew Rosenberg and Chip Zdarsky being the secret yes. sauce at Marvel uh, and that DC should capitalize on them, which again, and look what happened. called that. <laughs> yeah, I looking back on my uh, on my list, I had Chip Zdarsky uh-huh. writing Batman, and uh-huh. I was like, "Oh my god!" Completely called it. So uh, I'm calling the shot now. Yeah, Kelly Thompson is secret sauce at Marvel, uh, and it would be awesome if she came over to DC and started crushing it at DC. Um, absolutely, uh, absolutely agree. Okay. Kelly Thompson would crush a Titans book. Kelly Thompson would crush a Titans book. Uh, Kelly Thompson would honestly, honestly crush a Green Arrow book. Like, yeah, I don't know what that Green Arrow book looks like, really. But uh, Kelly Thompson would be. I'm interested. I'm, I'm down, interested especially because I imagine it's going to be a family book. So which 
made it kind of hard to do a lot of my stuff because I wanted to put Green Arrow family characters in places and uh, was trying yep. to stay away. So, like, I stole Black Canary uh, because they didn't mention Black Canary and Esselicit. And I do have another that I know they'll never use. So, <laughs> uh, which we'll get to that in a minute. Um, yeah. Okay, so these next three books are specifically tying in together. Uh, so, keep that in mind. All right, I'm ready. All right, first one. Reverse. Uh, written by Christopher Cantwell. Ooh. And drawn by Kafu. Oh, you're taking the Iron Man team? Goddamn right. Best Iron Man book <laughs> in years. Uh, we're going to put them on reverse. Uh, the pitch. Hunter Zolomon is a man on the run. After the events of the big dawn of DC, the man once known as Zoom has more power than ever and has 96 hours to expel it or he'll take everyone with him. How did this happen? Where did Hunter even come from anyway? And who's after him? Find out here. Ah, you. Ah, Hunter Zolomon. Hunter Zolomon. Hunter Zolomon is secretly one of the most dangerous DC characters. Dude, not even secretly. I feel like openly, if people look into Hunter Zolomon. That's the thing. It's just that no one uses him. I was so thrilled when Williamson put him in the Flash run, in the Rebirth run. So I was like, oh my God, finally, like someone's using that character because he's scary. I will always think of. I, I love that Zoom story. That three-part Zoom oh, story. I think it's an amazing yeah. story, but I will always remember. Anytime someone snaps, I think about that story and how he snapped yep. away Linda's pregnancy. Oh my god! <laughs> and that's one of the most. You want to talk about snap? One of the most like, terrifying things I've ever seen in a comic. <laughs> oh. I love it. So that's reverse. That's ah, uh, that's crazy. Now. And I think just honestly, just getting Hunter Zolomon in there, just in the mix at all, yeah. is an inspired choice. Thank you. But also, fucking Cafu drawing the flash. Yeah, that's what I'm talking Man. about. That's what I'm oh. talking about. I I immediately pictured him drawing like that costume, and I was like, oh yeah, I want that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I want that. Um, could be good. Kind of the same with my next book as well. Uh, I just because I think this will wind up looking gorgeous. Um, so out of reverse comes Justice Red, written by Christopher Cantwell and drawn by Greg Smallwood. Oh, fuck. Because oh, you got to have a Greg Smallwood, Smallwood in there uh, because he's the best artist yeah. at DC right now. Other than Dan Mora. <laughs> Might be the best artist, yeah. just in general. Uh, yeah, I mean, I phew, human target. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the sexiest looking book. Uh, boy, is it. And boy, would I love to see Greg Smallwood draw these characters. So, uh, the pitch. Wally West, the Flash, has confirmed his worst nightmare. Zoom is loose. And he can't track him. Enter Justice Red. Kate Spencer, the Manhunter. Red Tornado and a new cutting-edge body. Leonid Kovar, the former Red Star. Mia Dearden, the last Speedy. Hank Hall, the Hawk. 
Terry Sloan, the original Mr. Terrific. Jackson Hyde, the Aquaman. The Flash is leading a team of trackers and experts in the largest manhunt the DC Universe has ever seen. The time frame? 96 hours. The range? The entire DC multiverse. Look out, Hunter Zolomon, because justice is about to take on a whole new look. Red. Oh, man. This is Wally West realizing, okay, Zoom is a serious threat. We got to go stop him. I'm going to build an X-Force team to go get him. (laughs) It's straight up. It's like you basically like built out an Outsiders team without Without it it being the Outsiders. This is the Flash's version of the Outsiders. Yeah. That's so dope, man. Dude, I I love just having original Terry Sloan. Terry Sloan. On the team. And Mia Dearden of all people. I love I fucking love Mia. I love Mia. Um, I love Mia. This was really hard for me not to just call it Outsiders, to be honest. Be- especially because yeah, I've been yeah. I've been rereading Judd Winnick Outsiders, which, as I said last time, nice. is my favorite DC title of all time. <laughs> so yeah. it was very hard for me I not to do that. But yeah, yeah, um Justice Red. All these people have red in their costume. <laughs> and and that's a little strategic thing because wally thinks that if if hunter zolomon looks behind him and sees this crimson band coming at him he's going to be scared shitless so that that's clever a little bit of a there's a little bit of a psychological aspect to it too but yeah uh hell yeah they got 96 hours to track them down dude that's dope as hell that's uh justice red uh justice red plus greg smallwood drawing all these characters Bro, hell yeah. Ugh. Hell yeah. Just the sequences of Greg Smallwood drawing the flash running. Uh-huh. 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 Uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh I almost instead of Red Star, I almost had Rocket Red. Uh yes, Rocket Red. Just because of that one issue. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like Red Star, and I think that no one does anything with Red Star. Uh oh, so it's time so to bring that character into the forefront again. Um yep. also God, Greg Later. Smallwood drawing Jackson Hyde would be fucking sick. It's so funny, like, cause we uh we talked about Jackson way back in that uh-huh. in the last when we did about this and we were just shitting on him so bad yes we were and now all of a sudden like what what a difference two years it's because now we're like we want jackson to hide in every it's because they did what we wanted they brought him a lot closer to calderon he's he's way he's he's actually aquaman now like we were talking about it then of like oh this character could be aquaman like this character and again we nailed it aquaman baby dc pay my checks uh <laughs> pay my rent for one please, month. please please that'd be wonderful <laughs> um so those two books are tied together so is this one this one's gonna this one's gonna hurt you i'm just letting you know right now <laughs> oh, i don't like that red robin the most dangerous man alive oh god uh Jackson Lanzig and Colin Kelly writing it. Love that. Uh, love and Matteo Scalera drawing. Oh, I love me some Matteo Scalera. Yeah, me too. Uh, the pitch. Red Robin. You know the costume. You know the vibe. You know that when he shows up, he's a harbinger of a darker tale to come. But this is not what you know. This is a story of a hero who has a chance to correct all the wrong things in his time. 
a second chance. After a crisis landed him in the present, he can truly save the world. His world. Who is he? His name. Terry McGinnis. His dark mission? Kill Hunter Zolomon. Stop. Terry, in the Red Robin costume, in the present. Something's gone wrong in his time. It all ties to Hunter Zolomon and what's going to happen with him. Hunter Zolomon is a ticking time bomb. So let's put Terry in there as the dark opposing force. He's on the other side of this 96 hours manhunt. I was not prepared for you to pitch the sequel to Future's End. <laughs> I did it, um, and then I was like, oh, that's kind of Future's End. Let's make it better than Future's <laughs> End. <laughs> I should have realized. Because for those of you who aren't aware, Future's End ended up with uh, Tim Drake assuming the mantle of Batman Beyond. Yeah, this is the reverse. So, classic. This is the reverse. Oh my god, that's fantastic. I love the idea that uh, anytime as, Red Robin shows up, it means that something bad is going problem. to happen. Uh, so I like taking that and making it literally a harbinger of doom. Like Red Robin is the that's harbinger. So anytime someone takes that mantle, it means that some bad shit is coming. That's uh that's 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 Balder the Brave dying right before Ragnarok. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a solid pull. So also, as a side note, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but I don't remember the name of the user, but they did this fan art of Tim Drake as the Grey Ghost, as his new persona after Robin. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to send you the pictures Ooh. of that. The design is peak. Oh, baby, that's a good idea. <laughs> let, let me, oh, let me baby. Right now. Just the, it was gorgeous. Oh, my God, that's a good idea. Dude, and it's it's genius because it gives him his own uh, his own mantle. Yeah. Again, the costume looks sick as hell. Clearly taking inspiration from his Red Robin costume as well. Sweet. Oh shit! It's I'm like, gonna look at this right now. I just texted you the pictures. Of Ooh. It. Clean as hell. Ooh. Clean as hell. That's sick. Yeah. Emergency mask. <laughs> He you would. gotta have a mask under the he mask. Would. Ooh, that is a great idea. I love that. Yeah, wow. I like that a lot. Who who did this? I don't remember the use the username, but I'll find it. I'll I'll fight for that user. Hell yeah, that's sick. Damn, that's a good idea. That's a really good idea. Yeah, it is. It is so. Holy good. shit! Okay, wow. I'm all about that. Um. Yeah, so those so those three books tie together. Uh, so you have Reverse, Justice Red, and Red Robin, um, and that's all leading to the big crossover. Uh, which the crossover is uh, Reverse War. Uh, written by Grant Morrison. Oh God. And drawn by Dan Mora. Fuck. Get Dan Mora out of that Shazam oh. book. Let's put him on something else. <laughs> I, I'm ex- I'm looking forward to that Shazam. Yeah, book. me too. Me too. I'm. I'm. I wish it was still Mary. I, he, that's that's the thing. I think Mary is way more interesting as Shazam, and I will never like that book as much because of that. Um, yep. I get it. 
But uh, yeah, reverse war. Here's the pitch. There has always been one Eobard Thawne across the vast multiverse. Just one. Until now. After the events of Reverse, Justice Red, and Red Robin, the multiverse is exploding into a multiverse of Thawns. Everyone has access to the Reverse Speed Force. Good, bad, metahuman, human, alien, etc. Everyone is infected. And nothing will be the same. Unless a hero can save us. That hero? Jay Garrick, the Flash of Earth 2. Yes! So, the whole, like, Hunter Zolomon building up energy thing, like, having too much power, about to be a ticking time bomb. That time comes, he explodes, and it explodes the reverse speed force. And the reverse speed force takes over everything and everyone. And so, everyone possible is infected with reverse speed force. Everyone is essentially an Eobard Thawne. Because the reverse speed force is a real bad element. <laughs> and so the only person who could stop it, the only person who isn't infected, Jay Garrick. So now this becomes a time chase thing that Jay Garrick has to solve. God, I love that so much. That's my big crossover. Oh, that's so cool. Reverse war. Uh, I feel like uh, Grant Morrison doesn't nope. have enough time writing Flash stuff. I think that they love the Flash, clearly. I mean, they brought Barry back. Uh, you know, they, they love how the Flash works. And uh, I would love to see them handle Jay. I don't think that they have nearly yeah. enough time doing Jay stuff. Um, because that's... No one does. No one does is the problem, especially in the modern era. Um, no one does. Yeah. Uh, so, and we know that they already have a perfect history working with Dan Mora. Uh, and Dan mm-hmm. Mora is at the prime of his life right now. Um, isn't he just he is just the prime and boy oh my God. you know I always talk about how Dan Moore I mean I even talked about it then this was two years ago how Dan Moore is like the only person who should draw Robin <laughs> yep. but Jesus Christ yep. does Dan Moore draw the best flash my god Holy he, he draws shit. the best everybody. he draws the best everybody that's the thing like if, if, there, if there's nothing that we if there's one thing that we've learned from this world's finest book is that Dan Moore should be designing everything you know what's amazing you know what's great about world's finest I loved that last issue with the Joker I in it, too. that was a great Joker. And you hate the I Joker. I hate the Joker. That was a great looking Joker and a great acting yeah. Joker. Joker was great in that. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that this book made me like the Joker for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. Like, we, we are, we're actually in kind of a golden age for Joker content because we've got that book. And then we've also got the backups to Batman drawn by Tom Riley. That's true. Yeah. For or old school yeah. like Silver Age Joker. Yeah, yeah with the Zer and R oh. stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. That book fucking rules. Yeah, the book rules. It's so the book rules like really hard. It's so good. Uh but that's my line. Oh, I love that, man. I love that so much. I wanna I wanna it's, prop it, up the flash stuff more uh this time. I want I want the flashes to be a big deal. Um so that's why the last, you know, the last three and the big event are big flash stories. Um let's bring that character into I prominence. It's cool that you ran with the idea of like the characters that we couldn't use. Yeah. You're like, okay, then I'm going to go all in on the flash. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's oh, a big gaping I mean, I'm hole. Always, so I'm far. Always it sure is. I'm very curious to see. Cause I think honestly, Jeremy Adams is crushing it. On yeah. I think that book is stellar. Um, and I'm super excited for the upcoming, uh, 
uh, One Minute War. Like that's going to be oh, yeah. real, real. Oh good. yeah, oh yeah. That's uh, and that's the that's the kind of ideas I want for a flash thing too. That's such a yeah. great idea. One minute war. Uh, you know, and it's so crazy that it hasn't been done before. Yeah, it like the point of that character is speed. It like it's so obvious. Yeah, I I love that. So yeah, I want I want stuff like that. I want to push stuff like that, and I think Jeremy Adams would be super into that idea uh, and into sharing Absolutely. that idea. Um, so yeah, I, I want that stuff. Yeah, I dig that, man. The, the whole line's really good. And I I, Thanks, I like how even though the first two books aren't included in your crossover, they cross over with each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you did a you did two crossovers. I kind of did two basically. crossovers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that rips. Thanks, dude. man. I I love that line. Man. Thank you. I it, it's so funny. When we were uh when we were getting set, set up here, listener, before we uh, got on mic, Malcolm was like, yeah, man, I, I really peaked with my last one. These are all bad pitches comparatively. And, he, and then he comes out and pitches the, <laughs> the rebirth of the flash line. Like, that's... Uh, I, I, it's fantastic, man. Really, really good. It's, it. You know, it's still not as strong as last time. Last time was, you know, that was that was peak. I disagree. Peak. I think they're just very two very different two approaches. Two very different approaches, we had, yeah. Like, we had carte blanche and we also came up with fucking what 10 15 books each yeah like yeah. that was a lot and we had carte blanche for anything we wanted to do where here we gave ourselves restrictions. there's a frame yeah exactly yeah like i i put an additional uh rule on myself that i didn't want to use anyone who is in a current creative team for dawn of d oh nice so okay. i was wow. like i'm gonna put this on myself and i'm gonna find Oof. people to put on that and it was not easy That's not easy because yeah. everybody's doing something yeah but i'm i'm excited to uh to compare and contrast yeah i'm excited uh, for yours let's do this so let's do this let's get into this um so i have five books uh four books do factor into the crossover one does not nice um, but since we did a whole flash thing for you i'm gonna start there for my dawn of peace that's what i'm talking about baby my first book is entitled Speed Force. Hell yeah. This is the only one that I cheated on my uh, my rule of not including people who are already on books. Uh, written by Mark Wade. Hell yeah. Because Mark Wade. Because Mark Wade. And The Flash. Yeah, of course. Please. Yeah, of course. Art by Javier Rodriguez. Sick. If you have not been picking up Defenders Beyond and the Defenders miniseries before that you have been missing out on some of the best most intellectual art in comics right sick now. he's so good he's so he's good so he good. did a uh as we're recording this yesterday he did a thread on twitter about how he framed the defenders beyond yeah. book genius yeah. he's genius from the paneling the structure the shape of the page like he's the next world he's incredible i you know it's funny that you put the two of them together because they both did that uh history of the marvel universe history of the marvel universe and yep. i think that's where he started getting like really good ideas for like his design and yeah. his framework stuff because a lot of the framing on those pages is so interesting and how like it oh, almost cool. tells a story itself in like the framing yes. like it, it really directs your eye in which way to read which is really interesting uh yeah he's he's a master of the visual medium. yeah and like he's so good. i really i loved that history of the marvel universe book so yeah, i wanted awesome. to reunite them over at dc yeah, that's a great idea um so here's the pitch 
In the aftermath of the One Minute War, the greatest family in superhero comics is together again in an all-new series. Jay Garrick has lived to see the age of heroes rise, fall, and rise again. Now, alongside Avery Ho, Wallace West, and Jesse Quick, Jay must venture further than any speedster has before to make sure this new age doesn't end before it's begun. To save all realities, the Flash family will travel into the heart of the Speed Force itself, but not everyone will make it home. So my idea for this is the Flash meets Fantastic Four. Yep. We have this group of Flash family heading into the uh, Speed Force to tackle all realities. Because the Speed Force is this singular thing. Like in your uh, in your pitch, we talked about there being one Eobard Thon. There's one Speed Force mm-hmm. around everything. Mm-hmm. And so I want to have these four characters dive into that ethereal plane and just play with different realities play with different i want to get weird i want to get weird with the flash family and i think having jay be that reed richards ask he's a scientist but not on the like weird like not on the niche level that barry has become i feel like uh having him go into the speed force and explore hard water vapors. Like I want to, I want to see some trippy shit. I want to see them deal with the legacy of the flash and having these four specifically go in and try to decipher what is at the heart of the speed force. Uh, I think would be really fun. Eric, that's one of the best ideas I've ever heard. I, I mean, I mean that all earnestly. <laughs> if taking Mark Wade and putting the two best runs that he did in comics, the flash and fantastic four together, Yes, that was the whole thing. Is the sexiest idea I've ever heard. I you you know I'm I'm a Mark Wade bitch. I will shill for anything that he's involved in. And just like you, oh my god, like I saw it a big hole with the lack of Flash content. Yeah, in Dawn of DC, and I wanted him to be involved. That is such that. a great idea. And the best part for me, it doesn't touch anything that Jeremy Adams is doing in the Flash book currently. So we can have both books running concurrently, uh, concurrently, and yeah, just give me more Jay Garrick. Content. Okay, when you said Jay Garrick in your book, I was like, yes, yeah, all the. That Jay was Garrick. the only reason I waited until the. I I want Jay Garrick to be really important, and so that's why I made him the star of the big crossover because I I think yeah. that character needs to be more important than he has seen. So, did you see? All right, I yes, I showed it. Oh, to you, the that, figure that McFarlane Jay oh, Garrick. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god, I love oh, it so yeah. much. Um, uh, so okay, if, if that is the Fantastic Four and Jay is Reed, then who are the other three? Um, I would have, I would have Avery be my Johnny Storm. That is the perfect choice. Um, I love her. Yep. I love her. I love her as a. Kid, I think she's, she's fantastic. Really and yes, yes. Put um, her in everything. Wallace would be Wallace would be my thing. Cool, um, great choice. Just having him just be that wrecking ball. He's the heart. uh, Give us that energy. He's the heart. And then having Jesse be secretly, for me, the most powerful of the four. Yeah. um, Yeah. That would be like the the key to unlocking the Speed Force would be Jesse. Yeah. And they wouldn't realize it until they were there. That is such a great idea. I. Thank you. I I, I love just, again just like that putting Mark Wade and Javier Rodriguez back together to tell a Fantastic Four Flash story. Like, oh my that's god. all I want. Oh that. my god, Javier Rodriguez! 
drawing Jesse Quick sounds like such a good idea. Dude, like Jesus. Him drawing all of Jesus. That. Just I want him to give the same treatment that he gave to Blue Marvel to Jay. Yes. Like just to yes. really play with that iconography. As soon as you said Jay Garrick with him, that was the first thing I pictured was was white Blue Marvel. <laughs> Maybe not exactly that, <laughs> but like as yeah, far as you I, know, I that's that's how it should look. And how visually distinct everybody is, I think. Again, just Javier Rodriguez is a master of what he does. Yeah. Um. So that is that is Speed Force. Holy crap! The next book. Ah, ah, punching out the I, door. I feel good about that. God damn. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna come out swinging. God. Like it's Black Friday, damn. and I just got my hands on a plasma TV. Whoa! I, did you? I know, oh. but I, but I know that feeling. Yeah. I know that feeling yeah. of having to throw elbows in a black. Oh guy. yeah. Yeah. Oh, these hands have seen violence for sure. These, these hands are rated E for. Everyone. Oh yeah. And I, by the way, uh, quick, I just want to make sure this is said. Uh, it's the artist for that, uh, Tim Drake, gray ghost concept is hunker down underscore sun on Reddit. Uh, go check it out. It's wonderful. Hey, it's hunker down it, sun. You done great. Madun did good. Madun did good. My God. Uh, so my second book, my second book uh, is called Torchbearer. Uh, this is written by N.K. Jemison cool. with art by Danielle DiNicuolo. Hell yeah. Uh, folks, I don't know if you're aware, but Danielle DiNicuolo is low-key one of the best artists in comics. Yeah. Right yeah. Uh, and look no further than Power Rangers. Shattered Grid, baby! To find Shattered Grid and Beyond the Grid and Necessary, Necessary Evil. Evil, baby! Uh, Necessary Evil is really the one. because. Alright, let me just get to the pitch and then I'll, I'll tell you why I chose these people. After a brief shore leave back on Earth following her first assignment in the city enduring, rookie GL Joe Mullane is sent on her next tour of duty to another far sector the war-torn Vega system. In the aftermath of a violent rebellion years earlier, the unrest among the planets has only grown, and all-out war is inevitable. To prevent everything from collapsing altogether, Joe must call upon someone who knows the Vega system better than anyone, but who also wants nothing to do with the conflict. If peace is to be brokered amongst the former members of the Omega Men, Joe will need to convince Kyle Rayner to return to the place that broke him. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest Green Lantern books of the last decade to 25 years have been Far Sector and Omega Men. I love both of those books with my whole chest. And to be able to even conceive of an idea that provides a sequel to both of them while intertwining my two favorite GLs. That's the most you book I've ever heard. (laughs) That I could ever think of. That's so Um, you. (laughs) Especially with Nicolo on art. Yeah. Um, I, when I was thinking of an artist for this, I went back to necessary evil because Nicolo just, 
knows how to draw a grand space opera, mm-hmm. different planets, the movement. Look no further than I believe it's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers either 31 or 33, where Kaya, in her very first outing as the Blue Omega Ranger, puts the smackdown on a man who underestimates her. It is one of the greatest full-page spreads I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I literally and... just reread Necessary Evil last week, so it's really funny that you're talking about it. That is I love so- Oh, so much. That is, uh, is that? I think it's forty three. I think it's forty three. Yeah, uh, it's it's up there. Yeah, yeah. I love necessary. Evil. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think I it's better than Shattered Evil. Grid. And I love Shattered uh, Grid. You might be right. Necessary Evil right. is stellar. On a just on a narrative perspective, um, and I don't want to get too into it because this might not be the last time I talk about necessary evil on the podcast. Um, I really, I love the storytelling of that series, maybe just a little bit more than shattered grid yeah. because shattered grid is more of like a celebration of all Ranger history. Yeah. It still has maybe the greatest power Rangers moment I've ever seen in my entire life, both comics, live action or whatever with the, uh, the reign of rain. The reign of Power yeah. Rangers. Um, I still cry every time I think about I, that. I reread that uh, last week too, and I did tear up <laughs> very is, hard. Uh, especially after I unlocked the uh, the Creed soundtrack to that that scene. Hell yeah. I distinctly remember talking to Malcolm. Oh, Rangers, yeah. And two of us sharing one Denzel Washington tear talking about Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nicolo is absolutely crushing it. If you're not reading uh, Seven Secrets, go check out his art there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just did the art of the latest Nightwing issue. Which was fantastic. Uh, was fantastic. Great issue. Uh, I, up, I love Nicolo. <laughs> and, of course... Uh, N.K. Jemison should be the only person who writes Joe Malloy. Yeah. Just, I'm sorry. No, for sure. Uh, Jeffrey Thorne did the best that he could with Joe, um, but there was a disconnect there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. Uh, I, I completely was, agree. N.K. Jemison for the win. For the win. And I, as much as I would love to have Jemison back with Campbell, Campbell is on the Superman book, which I'm stoked for. Which is going to be so uh, good looking. It's going to be so good. Um, and I think just the sensibilities of a Jemison and, and a Nicuolo, for me, again, like Malcolm said, this is the most me book I could pitch. Yeah. Like, if I see both of those names with both Kyle and Joe on the book, I'm like, I'm going to buy every issue and every variant cover. Yep. It's just the book I need. Yep. But I, I really want to tell another, like, grand space opera that brings together those ideas. Because I think the the easiest thing to do for Omega Men is to leave it as a complete piece. Like that's, that's to make a comparison for comic Twitter to understand. That's my Watchmen. Like that is a, (laughs) a book that I don't think can be touched because from start to finish, how perfect it is. I, I love that's, that is, that might be the book that made me fall in love with Tom King as a writer. I got it. Um, and it's just it's a to me it's a per and of course because it has kyle at the center like i love that book yeah but i think it would be cool to go back and see like what is the legacy of the omega lantern like how does because we get this snippet at the end of omega men of what happened after the rebellion yeah um i would like to i would like to further it i would like to explore more of it so that is that is my second book wow uh wow starting off hot starting off hot. off hot 
Um, this next book is the only book that isn't included in the crossovers. Okay. Um, but it is a 12 issue maxi series. And by those three words, you know who I'm putting on this book. Yeah. It sounds like um, you broke your one rule a couple of times there, buddy. <laughs> He wasn't announced for any of the other books, okay? Yes, he was. What book was he? Brave and Bold. What book was he announced? Brave and Bold, him and Jared's. I don't, I don't, I don't count Brave and Bold. Oh, interesting. Brave you don't count one of the books that they announced. That's <laughs> what you just Brave said. and the Bold is an anthology series. It doesn't count. He's, I don't think he's going to be doing the entire thing. And back. Penguin. So suck my butthole. Boom. Is he doing Penguin? Yeah, it's him doing Penguin. That's why okay, I like, that's why I I like half don't mind that they're doing stuff with Penguin, despite the fact that I think they just did a perfect sunsetting on that character he just ended that like Zdarsky just put the perfect button on that character and i don't want to see penguin for another like six years never needs to be i don't need to see him ever if that was the last time i saw him i'd be thrilled i'd be thrilled uh i i am intrigued by the premise of that penguin i do appreciate that it takes from what just happened like it is clearly tapping into what just happened but that is absolutely going to be a book that I'm going to trade weight for. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I. It's Tom King. Just, it's Tom I, King. We're talking about Tom King. I'm thinking about the clues here. It's Tom King. But I, I am tweaking my rule just because uh, this isn't an ongoing. This isn't an ongoing. It's a Maxi issue maxi series. Um, so is Penguin, right? But shut up, Malcolm. Shut up. Um so this this is uh this book is called House of Secrets. Ooh. Uh shout out to House of Secrets in Burbank. Nice. Um this book is written by Tom King with art by Bilkis Evely. I'm bringing them back together to tell a story that I am in love Boy, with. Boy, I can't tell that you did one. your list at all. <laughs> It's the most you list already. <laughs> My God. What are you talking about? Jay Garrick, Kyle Rayner, <laughs> and now Tom King and Bill Pitts Evelyn? <laughs> this could be anyone's list. <laughs> Boy, we really nothing, we really stuck to who we are, didn't we? <laughs> if nothing else, we know our brand. We know our brand. We know our brand. <laughs> um, so this is uh this is Tom King. This is Bilkis Evely. Um, I loved them on Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, and I would want to bring them right back together for this. So here's the pitch. Renee Montoya has lost it all. Her job, her relationships, and the respect of her peers. So what does one do when they hit rock bottom? Why, they wind up at the House of Secrets. And Renee has arrived just in time. Within the ever-changing halls of DC's strangest structure, there has been a murder. And not just any murder, the murder of magic itself. Renee will need to team up with magician extraordinaire Zatanna and a team of paranormal investigators to solve the greatest crime in the history of mysticism before magic ceases to exist altogether. But who would want to kill magic, and why? quite the question indeed so this is a mystical magical murder mystery 12 issues starring uh renee montoya and zatanna featuring appearances by detective chimp constantine 
Etrigan and others. Uh, this is a paranormal murder mystery within the halls of the House of Secrets. I wanted an Agatha Christie mystery. I was going to say, it's, it, it's Knives Out in the DC Universe. It's Knives Out in the DC Universe with magic. And that's a great idea. Um, that's perfect. I also just just thought of this. Um, Daniel Craig as Constantine, I think, would be fascinating. Oh, interesting. I was just thinking Daniel Craig as the question would be interesting. <laughs> Uh, Daniel Craig as Etrigan would be interesting. Oh, Daniel Craig as the Spectre would be interesting. Daniel Craig as Detective Chimp with the same Benoit Blanc, Benoit Blanc, ben, uh, Benoit Blanc accent, I think would be incredible. Detective Chimp, Benoit Blanc would be wonderful. <laughs> Him snacking on a banana saying, it makes no damn sense. <laughs> I think it would be incredible. It would be a hole inside of another hole. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hole inside of it's a donut. A hole inside of a donut, but that donut has a hole. <laughs> <laughs> Just with Detective Chip, it would be amazing. That's that's um, a great idea. But yeah, House I, of Secrets. I love. I really want again Bilkis Evely to just go wild doing like magical stuff because the House of Secrets is a fascinating set piece we've yeah. seen it recently in the batman versus robin book yeah um i love the idea of it being just this trippy like walls are moving no room is the same whenever you walk into that's it. the thing it's and it's a murder mystery where the scene of the crime is working against it's you constantly changing yes exactly that's uh, genius. and i think just having that with the especially after reading uh uh killing time yeah also by Tom King, his uh, his sensibility for being able to frame and twist, I think, would be amazing in this. Also, pick up Gotham City Year One, folks. It's incredible. It's incredible. I, I he is a great person to write Renee Montoya. Yeah, that is a great. And pick. I I would I would like in a perfect world, ladies and gentlemen. And they is otherwise. I would love to have GCPD, the blue wall, end with Renee exposing police corruption and them outing her and making and just crashing her life around her because police corruption and a cab. And there has to be a reason that book exists. There there has to be. I want that character to be rehabbed so bad. There has to be a reason why John Ridley is doing that book. Of all people. Of all people, John. So I'm going to wait until it's done to read all of it, because I'm sure that there is a reason why that book exists. There's got to be. But I I want to to reset Renee back to being the question. I want to give her at her rock bottom. She finds herself at the bottom of a bottle on the doorstep of the House of Secrets. I love that. Um, A dreamer would be involved in this as well. Um, I just, yeah, I want to get, I love me some magical bullshit especially yeah. in the dc universe i love so. that once again you made a team-up book with satana <laughs> again leave your me list alone. is very you <laughs> leave me alone i like zatanna hey, and she deserves to be in more hey, books okay hey, me too and i was fighting to find the place for her i was fighting to I, find the place for her i love, I love zatanna. me zatanna Ugh. you know what's the biggest crime just, of the last year is that they put zatanna on the justice league literally just to die yeah, they sure That's did, the greatest crime that Joshua Williamson has ever committed. Uh, one of a few, but I I love Zatanna so much, and I really want her to get a spotlight here. And I think putting her in a book 
with Renee and having the two of them maybe be girlfriends by the end. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. No, they're, they're um, dating. I think it could be really cool. They're dating. Uh, this next one I'm really excited about. And I keep saying that about every book, but I'm really excited. You're knocking about it out of the park so far. I, I think DC is uh, going to end up hiring us by the end of this. Just, I think so. I think by the end of us recording this, we're going to get a we're going to get call. a phone call. So just we're going to be hired as editors at DC because we this might be the together. last. This might be the last uh, episode of the podcast true. because my time is going to be completely consumed by my new job as editor at DC. Comics. Cue the old man from Spider Man Three saying, "This could be the end of Spider Man. This could be the end of Geek Explained." <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? No, we'll live forever. Um, uh-huh. So. The next next book is called Game of Death. Okay. This is written by Marjorie Liu. Hell yeah. With art by Fiona Staples. Hell yeah. Pitch goes like this. Cassandra Kane must take part in a deadly tournament to decide the greatest fighter in the DC universe. <laughs> a five-floor pagoda stands atop the highest mountain in Nandaparbat. And residing within its halls is a sacred artifact that legend says can grant anyone their deepest wish. Cass must fight her way through a who's who of DC's greatest fighters. Shiva, Bronze Tiger, Richard Dragon, Kong Keenan, to make sure the artifact doesn't fall into the wrong hands. But the stakes get even higher when the prize hidden on the top floor is revealed to be a white lantern ring. So this is my Kung Fu fighting battle manga epic. I, listen, no disrespect to Joshua Williamson and Gleb Melnick. <laughs> but the fact that the recent Robin book was a tournament to decide the greatest fighter in the DC universe and Cass Kane did not make a single appearance mm-hmm. in that tournament is a crime. Mm-hmm. This is this is why when Malcolm said one of the the greatest crime that Joshua Williamson has that's been, the other one. Uh uh-uh. uh this is the that's other the one. other one. No, you you're right. I want course correction. You're right on this. Show. You're right. But also, I want this to be an homage to obviously Game of Death, Bruce Lee, the Five Floor Pagoda. Yeah. Um, and also, I want Marjorie Liu to get a big DC book. I want I want um, her to be in mainstream comics. I want her again. to do more things. Uh, she gave us the, incre- the iconic X-23. Yes. The only, that that should have that name. That character. 100%. Um, <laughs> and I want her to get more big two stuff. Yeah. Obviously she is crushing into what she's doing. Monstrous is a fantasy epic. Unlike anything that is on shelves. Yeah. And if you have not read monstrous, do yourself a it's favor. a great read and read monsters. it's reuniting that um, x23 team and she has a skill for world building that people don't that you don't see often enough mm-hmm. and she doesn't get like enough credit she, for she does not she is george rr R. martin level world building yeah. and she deserves more yeah. um also i want to put i wanted to put her with uh sana takeda yeah. from monsters and x23 but I wanted to see Fio- what Fiona Staples could do. Hey, because Fiona Staples is another one. Hey, here's the thing. You said Fiona Staples. Can I ask you a question? Who's coloring yes. this book? 
Who would you like to color this? Book? Not Fiona Staples. <laughs> <laughs> My biggest problem with how Fiona Staples does Saga is that I don't think that she should be inking and coloring herself. Uh, she shouldn't be coloring uh, I herself. Would, I mean, obviously, you can you can turn to a Jordi Belair if you want. Hell yeah. Uh, I mean, whoever did Archie, that that Archie run that she did with Mark Wade, that three issues, that that yeah. is the best Fiona Staples art I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so, yeah, honestly, like you could the the thing that is uh, great about DC is it does have a bevy of incredible colors. Got great colors and great inkers right now. Use them. Um, so you can literally put them on anything. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, I would love to see the combination of Marjorie Liu and Fiona Staples, and I think that. Just a Marjorie Liu writing Cass. Yeah, that sounds right. It would be I mean, amazing. I mean, it's her writing Laura. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but better, but better Not in a bad way. Like, I, I don't mean that in a like in a, in a in a derogatory they, way. They are different. They are different characters, but, but it's a very similar vein, especially that time period, like of yes. Laura that she wrote. I think that that's very reflective of where Cass is right now. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great. And idea. I would have this be like Cass leaves because she knows what this prize is. Yeah, and there's a reason that she wants this ring. And I would. That's I don't reason. know if it's been retconned, um, but I would have the retcon be that the White Lantern ring is actually a harnessed piece of the Source Wall. Um, oh, I. I want the White Lantern ring to be something worth fighting for and killing people for. And this whole thing is being governed over and set up by Lord Deathman. Hell yes. Hell yes. Because I love Lord Deathman. We are the only two. No, that's not true. And Grant Morrison. We are the only three. And Grant Morrison. (laughs) Uh, I am okay being in that club. Yes. Lord Deathman Deathman rocks. rocks. Uh, but yeah, I would have this be my true kung fu battle manga. Um, Hell yeah! Just let Cass fight to the death. Five floors, a true tournament style fight. Not everyone just has a couple panels. Like you give definite like three issues per fight. Yeah. Like I want these to be. This is Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yes, this is this, this is, is a Iron Fist. Yeah. This is a mortal iron fist, but the entire tournament Hell and not just Danny yeah. being outed or ousted in the first round. Hell yeah. Um, and I, I'm sure you noticed, uh, I saw Malcolm's eyebrow raise when I mentioned Kong Keenan. Yeah. Because he would be in this book. Yeah. Why? But not because I, because we're talking about deadliest fighters doesn't mean the most skilled fighters. They bring Kong Keenan in against his will and Cass has to overcome a superman level okay i like that you have a good reason for that that's a really good reason i I want to see because cass yes cass is unequivocally the greatest fighter in the dc universe period yeah but i want this book to prove it for anyone that doubts her and to have her go up again like we get all the time oh who would win between batman and superman and again the greatest answer to that is in the pages of Up in the Sky, where Tom King unequivocally said Batman would win because Superman would let him. Yeah. I want to see yeah. a definitive answer and have Cass try to overcome Superman. 
super hyphen man. But yeah, super hyphen uh, man. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and also, I just want Kong in more things. I need him in more things. Yeah. Wow. That's a and great they, idea. Thank you. I ju- and I just I want more Asian books. I want more hey, Asian led books. Hey, I, I, I respect it. And I feel you. Uh, let me ask you a question. Huh. Cast his costume. What does it look like? Uh, okay. So I am in the minority because I love her orphan costume. You take the mask off. I love that orphan costume, specifically from the DC Rebirth era. You mean the Ronin costume that she was wearing? (laughs) Yes, the Ronin costume! (laughs) That's Um, why I like that costume. It just looks like the Ronin suit. (laughs) Because I I would have her show up in the Batgirl costume, but she, to distance herself from killing wearing the bat crest. she becomes orphan again she would, she maybe doesn't take the code name but she does wear that costume I, without the i mask. could see the i could see her taking the code name actually i it's 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 an it's a separate identity it's right. you know well th- this is this is her like you mentioned earlier this is her x-force yeah. this is her dealing with something outside of the bat family that's why she doesn't let anyone know she's left yeah this is her. She needs to get something done. Yeah. She is on a mission, and she is going to kill to accomplish. That it. Not, not again. Not to you know compare the two preeminent Asian ladies in comics, but it's very X twenty three or Laura becoming yes. X twenty three again. You know, yes. like it's very Which much. I still disagree thing. with. I wholeheartedly disagree with that. So, so do I. But, choice. but I think it works but, yeah. better for this. Yes. And I think the reasoning works for this. So, yeah. But she has to tap into something away from the thing that she idolizes. Yeah, exactly. I, I like she that a lot. Wearing the backrest. Yeah. So I would, yeah. I, this is, the, that's the book that I think I was the most excited about. Shit. Just the premise. That's a great idea. Uh, so Shit. my final book out of the five is just simply titled Wonder. And this is where I, took something that you took. I took a Marvel team. And it's funny because I have this book written by Leah Williams. Uh, if you're not reading Exterminators. Mm, the best comic being published right now. Exterminators. Absolutely. It's one of the two best comics uh, being published right now. And again, hilarious. The artist is Elena Casagrande. Hell yeah. Put the two of them As in a room together. We put them in a room have them draw this book. So here's the oh pitch. Oh my god, I already love it. Diana of Themyscira is known around the world and on other worlds as the Wonder Woman. A superhero, a role model, and a protector of the universe. She is the ideal to strive towards. Unfortunately, she's nowhere to be found. And so it falls upon newcomer Yara Floor and outcast Artemis to travel the globe and pick up the trail of the lost Amazon princess. This adventure will take them around the world and beyond as they learn about the legacy of the Wonder Woman and their place within it. So this is a globe-trotting Indiana Jones-style story starring two underserved comic book characters. Hell yeah. Coming out of Future State, Yara Floor was the ace. Yes. Everyone was talking about Yara Floor. She is going to be the next big yeah, thing. Everyone was specking and on we, that character so hard, and they haven't done so hard. shit with her. They've done fuck all with that character. Which is unfortunate because I think Joel Jones has a definite love for that character. Mm-hmm. 
but the delays on the book Kill, the fact killed that the, book the momentum kind of ended, yeah killed the momentum yeah. um trial of the amazons really needed a bigger push than it got yeah i think it needed more of her as well like she's not even absolutely she's not even really in the forefront of that story the fact that she pops up in dark crisis i was like oh yeah yara floor in the most recent issue dark crisis number six we have yara floor john kent and jace fox in a panel together and it's like i was like oh shit remember this was going to be a thing yeah remember this was going to be the big three Uh Uh, I'm still kind of bitter that it wasn't because that team deserves to be together. Me too. I thought really hard about having a book of the three of them, but then I was like, ah, shit, but John Kent is in something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. the only reason I exactly. didn't have a book that was the new Trinity. Cause I had that planned out. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I want Yara floor to be on a team with Artemis. Yeah. Cause I think the two of them would work really well together. Like uh, again, Leah Williams is just the writer of the moment right now. She is crushing it on everything she touches. Yeah. I need you to listen to this, listener. Trial of Magneto was a good book. Trial of Magneto. I don't care. Uh, you're wrong. Trial of Magneto Trial was of Mag- a near perfect book. Trial of Magneto drives. Uh, and anyone who says otherwise didn't read the didn't book. Didn't read the book. Okay. X Factor was a near perfect book. The only problem with it is that it ended it abruptly. And because it had because to it be, had to be into Trial yeah, of Magneto. And Trial of Magneto is one of the best books that I've ever read purely because it made me realize how much I actually like Scarlet Witch. It is the greatest character salvaging yes. that we have seen. Yes. Maybe ever. I'm still mad that it, she's not writing the Scarlet Witch book because I thought that she she was she should so be the I. one to do it. Uh, who is who is writing it's Steve that Orlando? That's a shame. I like Steve Orlando, but like it should but it be should Leah be Williams. Leah Williams doing that book Especially with Sarah Pichelli. with how much she's crushing exterminators. Yeah. yeah, I I just saw I this got in my head again because they just released the cover for number three for scarlet witch which is scarlet is witch that the one with her and, and Polaris. <laughs> oh god and I, and I immediately was like god damn it that should have exterminators vibes god damn yeah, it it should this be, sucks <laughs> it should be leo williams writing that character also because she has such a great voice for Polaris. also hey uh here's the thing when you go to edit this episode just go ahead and take out your line about having your like the rule that you didn't put on me <laughs> because Leah Williams is also in that list where she's doing the power girl stories in action comics, which was included in this. She's doing a power girl. story. Yeah. This is the power girl story that ties in with Lazarus planet. She's doing the power girl backups in, in action. Comics. This is we're looking past Lazarus planet. We're looking past but Lazarus, that's, but that's planet. included as a part of the dawn of DC stuff. Get out of here. I am leaving that. That in. is in the. I'm so that go in. ahead and take that line out, and you'll do yourself a better service. <laughs> I, you know what? I am willing to be criticized, but I will not be censored. I will not censor myself in fear of criticism. <laughs> I had that rule, and whether or not I stuck like to it, of your books I stayed true rule. to myself. <laughs> I stayed true to myself. Okay. No, I I love that book. I love that book. I love Leah Williams. I think she's wonderful. I think she should be on more stuff. Uh, and can and you can you just picture Elena Casagrande drawing the arrow? Holy shit! And, and Artemis. Artemis. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Gorgeous. Oh yeah. Oh my god. We already know that Elena Casagrande does a great job with team books because that Black Widow book is just a team book. Uh, Doesn't she just? And she 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 draws she draws she draws great women. 
Yeah. She draws great. She draws great haircuts. So I can't wait to see the haircuts that they both get. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, So, yeah, those are my five books. That's great. Now for my crossover. Yeah. This would be crossing over Wonder, Game of Death, Speed Force, and Torchbearer. All four of those books would cross over. That's wild. I can't even picture how this crosses over. All four books would cross over for an event that I'm dubbing Doom. Creative team. Marjorie Liu and Dave Marquez. Hell yeah. I, to the fucking, love Dave Marquez. Hell yeah. And maybe it's just because we're reading Ultimate Comics Spider-Man right no, now, it's... where Dave Marquez is arguably at the height of his power. Um, and he hasn't stopped since. <laughs> he's he he's stopped been since. at that height and has continued, baby. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is the longevity I'm hoping for Dan Mora five years from now. Yeah. I hope that Dan Moore is still at the height of his power. Um, But I wanted the two of them together specifically for this. So here's the pitch. At the conclusion of Game of Death, someone has claimed the White Lantern Ring and used its power to shape the world as they see fit. Joe Mullane returns from deep space to find her home has changed, her allies have become fugitives, and she now has a target on her back. She will need to team up with a reeling Cassandra Kane and the few heroes she can find to put a stop to this madness and try to set the world back to normal. But what secret does Lex Luthor hold to the hold to the world that was? And will our heroes be able to escape the darkness that is? All roads lead to the Legion of Doom. So this would be a 10-issue miniseries. This is going to be influenced by the JLU episode Starcross. Hell yeah. The Marvel Knights 20th miniseries by Matthew Rosen. Hell yeah. And because it's fresh in my mind, Andor. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> the main cast would include Cassandra Kane, Joe Mullane, Yara Floor, Wallace West, and Kong Keenan. With the hero or the heroes facing off against Lord Deathman. As the main villain of the series, Lex Luthor would be a heavy hand in it, providing them a base of operations off the grid inside a swamp. They would become, as you may have noticed, the characters not including the House of Secrets are from each of the big superhero families that made up the original Legion of Doom in the Super Friends. Yeah, or. Yeah, that's good. So to combat this new world order, there would be a new Justice League. There would be a full-on controlled by Lord Deathman reality. This would be a reset Justice League controlled by Lord Deathman. The heroes of this universe are, unbeknownst to them, enslaved by him and his will. These lesser-known heroes, this would be a rebellion epic featuring less popular characters with a focus on legacy, with all five of my characters from these books forming a Legion of Doom. The only people who remember the previous uh, universe would be Lex Luthor, Joe Mullane, because she wasn't on Earth, and Cassandra Kane. And the three of them would combine to fight against and rebel against Lord Deathman and his right hand 
Diana of Themyscira. She would be his enforcer, the unstoppable force, the god killer against my Legion of Doom. And they would be trying to reset the world as it is. Well done. I, well done. I just think, again, this would give Marjorie Lee Yu the carte blanche to world build this new DC universe. Holy shit. Um, Dave Marquez could go wild on art. I've been reading because as we, uh, as I mentioned earlier, this Friday, we're talking cataclysm Uh and some of the grand sweeping shots that Dave Marquez is able to pull off in the uh, Spider-Man cataclysm times. I would want him on full display here. Yeah. Oh my God. And by the end of this, by the end of this, they reset the world and no one knows what they did except for the five of them. So we get to have our cake and eat it too by having a gigantic event that's world-changing, universe-shaping scope and also having it focus on characters who don't get the spotlight. Because there is something, again, that I have a large problem with Joshua Williamson. He promised that Dark Crisis was going to be a focus on the legacy characters. Yep. That the Justice League characters were going to die. This was not an imaginary story. Mm-hmm. This is real. Mm-hmm. And they would get the back seat. Mm-hmm. In Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number six, the entire seven issue series is focused on getting the Justice League back yep. so that they can. And it's frustrating yep. because they aren't necessary. No. You've built out one of the best moments in Dark Crisis. I was just talking to uh, the real Dale Brian Real on Twitter about this today as we're recording this. One of the greatest moments in that series is the Titans bit and also them realizing, okay, Jace Fox can reset this machine, but we need to buy time. And fucking John Kent blasts off with Yara going, what are you doing? And he says, a job for Superman. And he fucking brings it to every single member of the Superman family solo on his own. And it's like, we don't need Clark anymore. Like we have John Kent here. He can do the job. And I would want this event to actually fulfill the promise of the premise. These characters do not get focused on in events. Certainly not in any events that I'm aware of. No. You get at the end of this, they're the ones that put things right, but they're the only ones who remember. So you can tell other stories alongside this. You know, you can have the Batman and Superman books running concurrently without this having to be touched. Mm-hmm. And they're the only ones that remember. And so this can play into their books following. Let me ask you this. They're the only ones who remember when they come back. Are they still the Legion of Doom? Maybe. Fuck yeah. But 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 it takes on a whole new fuck yeah. Uh a whole new um meaning to be the fuck Legion yeah. of Doom. You know what my favorite thing about that is? This goes back the fact that they're oh, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was like the the fact that they're all uh POC characters who that gets a fight against Hey, hey that don't hurt. <laughs> Hey, that don't hurt. That's a fight against uh, institutionalized depression. Hey, hey, that don't hurt. Um, Word up to Andor. That don't hurt. Uh, Yeah, word up to Andor. uh, No, my favorite thing about that is that uh, that selects as a good guy. Yes. And this is what we talked about last time. Is that Lex should have stayed a fucking good guy. He should have. 
He should, he should have. have fucking and stayed. And he a would good be guy. kind of their architect. And by the end, like I, I absolutely see a moment where all all roads lead to the Hall of Justice, as it does with Super Friends versus the Legion of Doom. The final battle would be in the Hall of Justice, but they would find like in the in like issue eight or issue nine, um, they figure out oh, they're at the Legion of Doom headquarters. So Lord Deathman sends the entire might of his Justice League to the Legion of Doom headquarters, and all they find there is Lex in his old school Super Friends costume, sitting in his chair at the head of the Legion of Doom little round table shit. Hell yeah. Where the other five are already on their way to the Hall of Justice. Hell yeah. So like he would make the ultimate sacrifice play. They would decimate the, the Legion of doom because Lex says, even if they kill me, if you do things right, it won't matter. Hell yeah. So yeah, I, that would be my big event that everything would lead to. Um, Making Lex the Marva is a really interesting idea. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we'll have him show up. We'll have, uh, we'll have a little, a little, uh, we'll have mercy with this like projector eyes. Just, <laughs> Give, uh, give a giant like Lex Luthor speech to fight against the Empire. I mean, the Justice League. And, and then Cass grabs a brick and just starts wailing on people with the brick. Just wails on people. Yeah, she yeah. is. And she would be the POV character because by the end of Game of Death, you, you wouldn't know it, but Cass is actually the one that gets the White Lantern ring. And she is the one that accidentally sets the world. In Interesting. I like that. Of, because of a manipulation from Lord Deathman, and interesting, the the changeover uh, would allow him to take power, Ooh, buddy. And so that's why, and that's why she's the only one that remembers. Ooh, buddy. And let me tell you, he has to deal with the consequences. Let me tell you, you put your whole ass bussy in that man. I, I, it would, it would Damn. be like an issue five or six reveal that Cass was the one that set this world because. I would want is essentially this would be doing Flashpoint the right way. This is doing Flashpoint the and right way. Yes, as an event and everything gets reset back. Yeah, um, which is unfortunately the the status quo of events. But again, this is a you get to have your cake and eat it too because this is a something I loved about the Marvel Knights event, mm-hmm. which is also just Flashpoint but Marvel. It's Flashpoint but is, better. Yeah. <laughs> You get to have these characters that don't often get the spotlight in the big, like, company-wide events. And by the end of it, they're the ones that fix it. But no one, they don't get the recognition for it. And it would be kind of a system of, like, at the end, they would would do the Avengers thing, where it's like, we'll come together again if there's need for us. But this would be basically my X-Force. They would be the multiversal threat that they can conquer anything that's fantastic and i just i like the idea of this team like just seeing i like especially dave marquez having Cass, joe yara wallace and kong just all of them together yeah i think would be really really that's really interesting because that puts kong in a way darker place than i think he's been in it absolutely does but the whole thing about really interesting about uh kong keenan in that new superman book which again reads new super fantastic book 
incredible book is the story of Keenan learning to be a hero. That book is what if we gave the Spider-Man mantra to Superman? Because, you know, for those of you who haven't read it, Keenan's a dick. He's a a bully when he starts and he has to learn to be a hero. And so that for me allows him to make those choices that maybe a Clark or a John wouldn't make. Yeah, he exactly. has that darkness in him. Exactly. That's that's really interesting. Man, that's a great idea. I would read the hell out of that line, boy. Man. So that's that's our that's our pitch for the Dawn of DC. Um, I think if you had concurrently going at the same time, Doom and Reverse War. Damn. That's a hell of a 2023 when it comes to DC events. Damn. And what's Damn, great again man. is that you can have like the other bullshit because there's like on the you know Dawn of DC teaser what's showing like the uh, the symbols. There's an event they're already teasing. It's like night something, night watch, night yeah, time, night forever. The hot theory night is that it's night terrors. Night ter- Tom King did that already. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's why I don't love the. <laughs> so that's you know Damn. that's an idea. But Damn. that can run for like the main bullshit, and then we've got these two events, these two. Mo- it's it's a civil war versus annihilation situation, yeah. Where it's like everyone's probably going to read night whatever, mm-hmm. but people are gonna remember mm-hmm. fondly doom and reverse war. <sighs> Damn. I love these stories, man. I, I really genuinely do. I really want to read the hell out of your books. That sounds good. Same, I man. Really I, I love the Flash initiative that you've got. The fact that it's going to be... Again, just like, you know, I think unintentionally, because we didn't compare notes before we sat down to record no. this. We took characters that aren't getting the spotlight, like a Hunter Zolomon or a Yara Floor. Or, you know, characters that aren't really leading the charge when it comes to the grand scope of DC Comics and giving them something to do. Mm-hmm. Give them something. And I, I something to do. But I I think it's it's going to be fascinating to see how this Dawn of DC era goes, how long it lasts since Infinite Frontier was, what, a year and a half? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I... I want to have faith in it because Mark Wade uh, is setting up this whole thing. And I'm, as we have stated before, a Mark Wade bitch. Yeah. So we'll be tuned. I'll be turning up for Lazarus planet and all the wacky nonsense that's going to come out of that. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Oof. And it'll be interesting if we do this uh, again in two years time. Yeah. <laughs> if we got anything right. If, if Hunter Solomon shows up at any point during Dawn of DC, Jesus, they're going to have to start paying Malcolm's rent. Jesus, I man, man, you got me thinking about Cass Kane. I love that character. As you should. I just, I, I wish Cass that they Kane, would do more with her. I agree. I, I like that she is featuring in a book. Uh, Batgirls yeah. is is good, um, but she deserves a bigger stage. You know what's crazy is I I I never even thought about it, but like I I love what they've been doing with her with the DC stuff as far as like oh she's like the champion 
uh, for Shazam now. Like that's super cool. Dude, yeah. Like that whole thing of her being that's champion Shazam. That's sick. But they don't use her enough. That's the thing. Yeah, it's like she's she's the heavy hitter in the back of the room, but she's in the back of the room. Yep. Constantly. And so I keep thinking Constantly. about like shit. Like if they did more with that, like that'd be awesome. You know, I w- I would love to just see Cass get the kind of you know the kind of spotlight treatment that I I wanted to name a female DC character, but yeah, wow, uh, Harley Quinn, oh, I guess. I guess I would love for Cass Kane to be, I guess, like a Harley Quinn level character. Yeah, when it comes to popularity. that's the only one that gets attention. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's Harley Quinn. Uh, I, th- I think she she deserves it. Yeah, shit, she is rightfully, you know the next Batman who knows. Yeah. She should be the next Batman. Um, but yeah, so that is our pitch for the dawn of DC. Um, Shit. if you liked any of our stuff, let us know if you have pitches for stuff, uh, email us geeksplained at gmail.com. If you want us to do this again in two years, also let us know. Or, we love pitching or stuff. sooner. I love doing this with you. <laughs> it's so fun. It's, I legit thought that the, that the episode that we did for this was like six months. I, I no joke. I was like, I why can't I find out soon it was? I thought it was pretty recent and I looked for my notes on it. I was like, it's weird. I don't have the notes for this anymore. Like when was this? And I look, I was like, Oh Jesus. That was two years ago. Oh my God. Like this is, this is episode two thirty one. The episode that we it's did like 122? it was episode one twenty two. Yeah. That's crazy. So hopefully it won't be another hundred episodes before we do this again. Uh, nah, maybe the next one we'll do is the movies. Oh God, let's we'll we'll come up with at, at some point we're gonna have to pitch Marvel. Yeah, it's true. At some point we're gonna have to dip our toes. That's true. Into that. That's true. Okay. I I had toyed with the idea of doing this earlier in the year with uh, Post Judgment Day. Mm. But, but then, Marvel is much better at letting us know what the 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 plan is, and Judgment Day was nothing. A vision. What? <laughs> Judgment Day was incredible. Uh, I think Judgment Day has a couple of moments that are interesting, but I didn't like Judgment Day. Oh, hard disagree. Yeah. But that's okay. I think it has a couple okay. interesting moments. We will see. This we will see. I, I think just like uh, just. Just like my uh, my Doom pitch, Judgment Day also gets to have its cake and eat it too with it being world-ending ideas and then reset at the end, but with people remembering. That's the thing. If people remember... But, see, but that's with everybody, and I don't think it works the same yeah. way if everybody has that. I think it works better that's if fair. a few people that's have fair. that, then you could get away with it being reversed. But if everybody remembers it, then that's it's just... Fair. it's It's having two cakes, and they're... And expecting not to have calories. That's a weird choice. Like, it's so odd. I, I guess. I hate that. I that's hate fair. that. That's <laughs> God, it drives me crazy. Uh. <laughs> well, either way, um, we time will tell yeah. on what the dawn of DC looks like. But for now, I hope you enjoyed our pitches. I hope you enjoyed the storytelling that of the of the stories that may happen or may not. We don't know. We're bat. We're batting a pretty good average so far. Yeah. So we'll, if episode one twenty two is anything to go on, uh, we'll be awaiting the call from DC Comics any minute. Nah, for real. That that House of Secrets book is going to happen. Don't get my hopes. That's up. the one. Don't get my That's hopes. That's the up. one. 
Welcome back to this week's Comics Countdown. This is the segment of our show where I'll chat you up about all the comics you should be picking up this week, whether it's at your local comic book shop, a comicsology, or however you get your comics. These are the ones I think you should definitely take a look at. But before we get into this week's books, we got to take a look back at last week's books with the Geek Explain Pick of the Week of last week. And there were some contenders, let me tell you, but ultimately I chose Human Target number nine, written by Tom King, art by Greg Smallwood. This book is a vision. Um, Human Target, genuinely one of the best books I think DC has put out in years. Uh, the art is next level. The writing is incredible. Uh, we are heading into the home stretch. We've only got three issues left of this series, and I will be sad when it goes. But that's last week. This week, we've got nine books for you to check out so let's go ahead and kick things off with a double dose of strange kicking things off with strange number eight this is written by jed mckay with art by stefano landini and marcello ferrera Odd uh, Strange, I mean, what can I say that I haven't already said? Strange has been fantastic. I love Clea in this role. I am very concerned that we're just going to go straight back to Steven at the end of this because of the nature of comics. But while Clea is the Sorcerer Supreme, uh, I'm just enjoying the ride. So let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Ghost Stories. Who are the Blasphemy Cartel? The secrets of the cartel are revealed, and it comes from the unlikeliest of sources. Will this be the help Clea needs to bring peace to her adopted realm, or will this be too much for the Sorcerer Supreme to handle? See, and that's, I don't like that. I don't like that idea that's going to be like, oh, Clea can't handle it, so we got to bring back Steven. But I am very interested to learn about uh, the Blasphemy Cartel and this redacted person who is leading them, who has been wiped out from... uh, their existence has been wiped from the uh, from the collective consciousness, so should be very interesting. And for our other piece of the strange double feature, we've got Strange Academy Finals number two. This is written by Scotty Young with art by Umberto Ramos. And uh, Strange Academy Finals issue one, I think, was a strong start to get us on the road to where we are going, but. Um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I loved that first Strange Academy series. I'm hoping that this uh, provides a really solid follow-up. And I can't wait to pick this issue up. So let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. The students still in Strange Academy have their biggest challenge yet. Plus, our heroes finally get a lead on Gaslamp and their missing friend. But now they have to face the most terrifying villain Strange Academy has introduced. Uh, I also really enjoy the, uh, the slow deterioration of our characters, some finding, uh, heroism, some finding villainy. Uh, this is going to be a, a book to keep an eye on for sure. Next up, we have Detective Comics 2022 Annual. This is written by Rom V with art by Raphael Albuquerque, Christopher Mitten, and Hayden Sherman. I am very curious as to what this cover uh, that looks like a twist on the classic uh, Gotham by Gaslight, though I guess more Victorian. Uh, Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Gotham Nocturne, Moti. As a werewolf, Grael has lived through many generations, and so he has visited Gotham land before, hundreds of years ago. 
Take a trip back to the 1700s Renaissance Gotham with Gael on Arkham Land to help remember with him exactly where he buried something important he now has to dig back up. And in a twist of fate, a dark knight in town also seems to be looking for something from out of time, his way back home to the present. The wording on some of these uh some of these synopses gives gives me pause. I almost feel like it was translated weird. Um, like my mastery of the English language is anything to write home about. But I'm curious if this kind of lines up with uh, Grant Morrison's Batman on his way back from uh, being zapped by the Omega Beams. That would be a very cool way to tie this back up. But uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what they do here. Next up, we've got Captain America, Symbol of Truth, number seven. This is written by Tochi Onyebuchi with art by Iguara. And, I mean, this book rules, man. This book rules. And not only does it rule, but on this cover, we're getting our boy Ian Rogers. Nomad is back. I am very excited to have our boy Ian back. And maybe, just maybe, we'll get some backstory on where the hell he has been. Because we've been missing him. We've been missing him since Secret Wars, way back in 2016. The last time we saw him was in that uh, Hydra Rising book. So I am very excited to get more Ian, and uh, let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Pax Mahanda, Part 2. The White Wolf's latest attack has put Falcon in critical condition and sparked a civil war in Mahanda. When Sam Wilson's role as Captain America prevents him from pursuing his own justice on an international scale, his government contacts set him up with a surprising new partner, an old ally long thought dead. It's the return of Ian Rogers, a.k.a. Nomad. But will Ian's return be a blessing or a curse? I am curious about that. Because Ian and Sam were a dynamic duo back in the uh, Rick Remender Remember era. Uh, he didn't get enough time. But I am very excited to have them back together. This should be fun. Next up, we have a brand new number one. This is Justice Society of America number one. This is written by Jeff Johns with art by Scott Collins, Brandon Peterson, Mikkel Janine, Jerry Ordway, and Steve Lieber. You know I am a basic bitch for the Justice Society, so I'm very much looking forward to picking this up. It is unfortunately tainted by the writer, but I am still interested to see where they go from here. I, I need my JSA content. So I'm going to be checking this out. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. The New Golden Age, Chapter 1. Legends Die Together 2. A long-lost hero from the JSA crashes into our era with a grave warning, but it's too late. A mysterious and malevolent enemy has invaded the entire history of the JSA, and an all-new team must come together to defeat it. But what deadly secret does this messenger from beyond keep? Where are they from, and why is all of this happening now? Only the Time Masters know. That's interesting. We're going to be uh, bringing the Justice Society together with the Time Masters. I... I love history, I love uh, comic book history specifically, and having the uh, JSA be intertwined with all the wibbly-wobbly of it all uh, should be very interesting. 
Next up, we have Avengers Assemble Alpha number one. This is written by Jason Aaron with art by Andrew Curry Brian and Brian Hitch. Uh, this is kicking off Jason Aaron's swan song on the Avengers book. This is his last big event. Friend of the podcast, Jason Aaron, is putting everything into this Avengers Assemble event. And this is where it all starts. So let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Part 1. A Battle a Million Years in the Making Uniting the Avengers, Avengers Forever, and Avengers of 1 Million BC in an epic saga that forms the capstone to Jason Aaron's era on Avengers. From throughout time and the far corners of the multiverse, the mightiest heroes of all the Earths are assembling as never before for a battle beyond all imagining. A war that will take us from the prehistoric beginnings of an Earth under assault by the greatest villains who've ever lived to the watchtower that stands at the dark heart of the All and the Always, where an army of unprecedented evil now rises. The biggest Avengers saga in Marvel history begins now. That sounds blockbuster, that sounds big time, so I am very interested to see what Jason Aaron does for his final act. Next up, another annual with Nightwing 2022 annual written by Tom Taylor with art by C.S. Picat, Jay Kristoff, Inaki Miranda, and Eduardo Ponsica. Uh, Nightwing's been incredible. And I am very excited to uh, get some more Heartless, which looks like is going to be uh, the big focus if the cover is anything to go by. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Night Out slash The Lesson. Who is heartless find out who the villain is behind the platinum mask and why he only collects the hearts of some victims and not others and why he has no heart himself then bitewing year one follow Haley in her first year with her humans nightwing and batgirl and see how she takes a bite out of crime in her first year becoming bitewing i love me some bitewing i am very excited to get more info if it even touches if it even sniffs the same level of quality that uh the what was it the aha uh what was it lucky issue does i will be in a very very good place so i'm very excited to check this out and we're getting the origin of heartless which has been a long time coming for sure Next up, we have Exterminators number three. This is written by Leo Williams with art by Carlos Gomez. Uh, you've heard us talk about it. Uh, you heard us talk about it in this episode. Exterminators rules. It is one of the best books that Marvel is putting out right now, and uh, you should be reading it if you aren't already. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. This book is looking respective, respectfully. Ah. Oh, God. Uh, vampires, violence, and vengeance. Does it count as killing a man when the man in question is already undead? This problem is one the lovely ladies of Bombs and Blades are going to need to wrestle with as they brutally separate bloodsuckers' heads from their bodies. Just when you thought the knight couldn't get any more bonkers. Yeah, uh, short, sweet, simple, to the point. Let's you know exactly what's going on here. Uh, this is a battle royale with our favorite girls tackling some vampires. But the big book of the week, the book you should absolutely be picking up, is Superman Kal-El Returns Special Number 1. This is written by Mark Wade, Marv Wolfman, Cena Grace, 
Alec and Alex Segura with art by Clayton Henry, Dean Haspiel, Jackson Herbert, Fico Osio. This book is a who's who of talent, and I'm very excited to pick this up. This is hopefully going to uh, fill in some blanks, bridge the gaps between some uh, between the previous Superman era and this new era that we are looking towards in uh, Action Comics 1050 at the end of the month, or at the end of next month, I guess. Uh, can't wait to pick this up. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. The Concert That Ate Gotham, slash, A Friend in Need, slash, Distractions, slash, Home. Kal-El has returned from his long sojourn to War World, but what ramifications does this hold for the broader DC Universe? In this special issue, we'll spotlight Kal-El's reunion with the Dark Knight, Jimmy Olsen, the Justice League, and Lex Luthor! Plus, witness the never-before-revealed look at the moments leading to Superman's abduction by Pariah and the Dark Crisis event. The march towards Action Comics 1050 continues in this essential special volume. Yeah, so it's weird. The, uh, with Dark Crisis and the timing of it, everything that's happened in the Superman books, both in the Action Comics book as well as Superman's Son of Kal-El, happens before Dark Crisis, right? So Superman returns from War World and apparently is there right away when the whole Dark Crisis event happens, the death of the Justice League. So hopefully we're going to be able to square that circle, fill in some blanks uh, to lead us into this next era because the whole new Superman status quo is taking place after Dark Crisis. So we'll see. Hopefully we get some answers here. But that does it for this week's comics countdown to recap. We've got Strange number 8, Strange Academy Finals number 2, Detective Comics Annual 2022, Captain America Symbol of Truth number 7, Justice Society of America number 1, Avengers Al- Assemble Alpha number 1, Nightwing 2022 Annual, Exterminators number 3, and Superman Kala Returns Special number 1. Lots of great comics this week, so make sure you hit up your LCS. And that is going to bring us to the wrap-up. If this is your first time joining us on the Geeksplain podcast and you like what I do here, feel free to subscribe on the podcasting platform of your choice and give us a rating and review. We drop new episodes every single Wednesday, and honestly, ratings, reviews, and subscriptions really do help me out and the podcast out in this weird podcasting algorithm space, raises up our stock, and gets us out and into the orbit of listeners just like you. And if you give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it, I will read your review here live on the podcast. You can write literally whatever you want. I will be forced to read every single word. Uh, As long as you give me those five stars, the sky's the limit on what you can write. And you'll be able to join the likes of our Red 13, including Seafire ND, Joshua Panels to Pixels, Matt Draper, Burino Man 88, Doug from For Every Kind of Geek, Don Swanson, That Guy Brian, Mouth Dork Dallas Meeks, Amazing Spider Fan, A-Lock and AZ, Sass and Jedi Jesse 20. want to say a huge thank you to these fine folks for their reviews, and I cannot wait to hear yours. If you want to be part of the Geeksplained mailbag, send your emails to geeksplained at gmail.com put mailbag in the subject header and i will read it here on the show if you want to follow us keep up to date with the podcast participate in polls that decide future episodes or maybe you just want to shoot the shit with me on the latest geeky news or the latest comics you're reading feel free to follow us on instagram and twitter for as long as twitter remains active and not completely unusable at geeksplained pod that's at geeksplained pod we are flirting with setting up a hive if you are into that idea please let me know uh it looks 
fairly okay. Uh, looks like the interface still needs some upgrading, but from what I understand, it's just two guys in their garage uh, running the whole thing. So uh, some errors and some uh, growing pains are expected. But if you want to see us on Hive, let me know, and we'll set up a whole thing there. Uh, finally... This Friday and every Friday is the Geek Explain Book Club, where I, alongside my amazing friends, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Ultimate Spider-Man. And this week is a big one. This is potentially the end of the Ultimate Universe as Galactus from the 616 has made his way to the 1610 and is intent on eating that Earth. So the Ultimates are making their last stand this Friday in Cataclysm. We'll be covering the entire event as well as the Ultimate Spider-Man uh, tie-ins. So make sure you tune in for that this Friday. Be there or be square, not a circle. Spidey Fridays are the real deal. But that does it for this week's episode, and that does it for November of 2022. I feel like this this month just like blew by and feels like, I, I say this every year around this time, it feels like this year kind of blew by. But we are heading into the final month of the year, which means... I've got a little announcement to make. Next month, we are kicking off a brand new month-long series that I cannot wait to share with you. Uh, We're going to be doing something a little different for the podcast. Typically, as you know, I am a big fan of the big two, uh, covering comics from DC and Marvel. But next month is in December. We're covering all creator-owned comics each week. We'll be covering a different creator-owned comic, and I cannot wait to share the lineup with you. Make sure you are following us on the socials to get the full lineup announcement, and I will see you right back here next week for the beginning of in December. Same geek time, same geek channel. But for now, for the Geek Explained podcast, I have been Eric Azana. Thank you very much for listening. Everybody stay safe, and we will see you next time. Uh-huh.